This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your Dan. support of our Patreon at Patreon. Hmm? I got to stop you. Okay. You just, you just don't sound like yourself, Dan. You just sound... I'm real tired, Maureen. It turns out everything's awful. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday you get a whole other episode of says who, if you are a $5 a month or up supporter, that is at patreon.com slash says who. Thank you. Dan. Huh? This is okay. You do your books thing now. All right. All right. I'm just saying we're going to work on this. All right. We might, we're going to work on this, Dan. It's going to be okay. Sure. Dan. It's good. Dan. It's fine. One Just thing that might help you. I'm good. I'm books. telling you, one thing that might help is books. Books are mm. these super cool things. They're everywhere. They're easy to get. They're easy to carry. They're, they're just a wonderful little technology. You can read a physical book. You can read an ebook. Do you like books? Maybe you should read books. I've written some books. You don't have to. We've established this. This is not a. This relationship of ours is not contingent upon you reading my books. That being said, if you do, imagine the little twinkle in my eye, and you might get a little sense of what it's like in my head. Books, they're like head meat slices. Hmm. Hey, and maybe you want some stuff. Go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com. We got stuff. Oh, no, Dan. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's fine. <sighs> you don't even want to intro this week, do you? I, I mean, oh, can I take your order, please? Oh, Dan. What? You're not. We can't. You just, All we're right. going to. Welcome to, you know what, just play the, play the music, Dan. Just, it's going to be okay. Just play the music. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I'm Dan Sinker. Dan, Dan, we're mm. honestly, we're yeah. we're just gonna have to talk. If I think this episode is gonna be one where we just have to talk to Dan about his feelings. I got a lot of feelings. Well, I'm ex fucking exhausted, Maureen Johnson. Okay. Let me tell you okay. something. Right. We went back to school on Thursday, and it turns out there is nothing more efficient. At draining all hope, cheer, and feeling from an adult's body than sitting next to the chaos that is a kindergartner's Zoom call, which I now do every morning. And every morning is the worst morning of my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's explore that. It's real bad. It's real bad. And I want to preface all of this by saying that my preferred state is not 
well, all these kids should be in school because no, they shouldn't. There's a fucking pandemic. Mm -hmm. My preferred state would be a fucking time machine where we could have actually sorted this out back in March when we first let the kids out of school so that now here in fucking September they could actually go. Not a, well, we didn't do shit for shit, but fuck it, let's send them back in so that they can get sick, their teachers can get sick, and then everyone at home can get sick. That is not my preferred method, but boy, oh boy, Maureen Johnson. Yep. The thing that exists in my life mm -hmm. now yep. is also not my preferred method. Because it is real bad. Uh, it is so bad. It is the worst. It is the worst thing. Imagine what's the biggest non-event Zoom call you have been on. What you mean? You mean? I mean, like, like, a... like not a like. Oh, I'm doing a virtual book reading right. where there might be an audience, right? Like, uh, what? What's the largest Zoom meeting you have been on? Like a friend call, uh, four or five. Okay. The biggest Zoom calls, I I am involved in a program that has a call that's about 20 people, adults, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it is, it is like marching into battle to make sure that that call works well. You know, the amount of kind of plans and fallback plans. And this is how we break into small groups. And this is what we're doing in order to make it so that it is not awful. Because a, a many, many person Zoom call is almost by definition awful. This is 16 five-year-olds. And one teacher trying his damnedest to get anything done. But it is... Five-year-olds in their own homes. The amount of things that I have heard in other kids' houses now in the last four days is quite remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, there was a mom doing, I think, some sort of um, billing collections job from home in the same room. Because, like, we only have two rooms, you know. Um, Yeah, it's... It is something. It. I don't even know what it is. I am so tired. Do you remember Maury Johnson? Yeah. Like two town watches ago. Yeah. Where I talked you through my whole schedule that I have like, you know, I have timed everything down to this sort of fine tooth thing so that I have as sort of as much optimal work time as possible coupled with as much optimal kid time as possible. That is all fucking gone. Just mm. exploded into thin air. I used to have two to three hours in the morning, of which were some of my most productive hours of the day. That is now 45 minutes while everyone is sort of also getting ready, eating breakfast, all of like there is no time now. Yeah, I think we need to slow down, Dan, because we're in this process of therapy that we're going to go through. And by the end of this, we're going to have a happy dance. Are uh, we? I guarantee it. Yes. Let's Maybe slow down. sleeping. Let, let's talk about, let's just walk through it. Okay, you wake up. When's that? 
Okay. And I'm out of bed by about seven. And then uh, Janice and the teen are usually up and heading toward breakfast by about 7.45. So that's that's that. You're sitting there having breakfast together. Yeah. That's nice. But, well, so, but to put that in context, it used to be kind of out of bed at seven and then sort of the breakfast stuff would start around 9.30, right? Mm-hmm. So the, we are, we are in, and that like two and a half hour window was like majorly productive time. Now it is, mm-hmm. is like kind of you get geared up and get moving and then it's done. But yeah, so then there's breakfast, then there's sort of getting ready, uh, and getting the dog out and all of that. And then there's kind of getting ready and getting dressed. And the teen, thankfully, is doing just fine. Gets himself ready, gets himself into his room and works. And then school starts at nine. Okay, so he's, teen's in his, like, he's just fine. He's just, yeah, he's got it. He's got this. Yeah. Now, now we're going to get into it, Dan. It's Zoom kindergarten time. Yeah. Your no- your voice broke a little bit there, Dan. So I just had a, a bit of a catch in my throat. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. All right. It's no, it's the worst. Gonna, oh, 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 we're gonna. All right. Oh. So, so let's now. You did share with me a photograph of the little dude. Yeah. Uh, on the first day of which was what last Thursday or Wednesday? Thursday. Last okay, Thursday. Thursday. First day okay. of kindergarten. So you've like, had, you've had, yeah. You've, this is your fourth day right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A- and he was smiling and he had a little, ah, oh, just. He was really that. excited. Yeah. He was yeah. super excited. Like he woke he up. He looked happy. Yeah. He woke up uh, at, you know, 6 30 ish and walked over. So our house is so small that he sleeps in our room. So, uh, you know, came toddling over from his bed. Oh, he sleeps in your room. My, yeah, he says we don't have another room. We have the teenager has his own room, and then we have a room. Uh, yeah, came toddling over and was like, "It's the first day of kindergarten." Oh, like that's how excited he was. Oh, got all ready, like picked out clothes. They had given all the kids when we did our uh, distanced pickup of all the various things that included T-shirts for all the kids of the school. So like he put on his school shirt and then he sat down. And it was within 20 minutes where I sent you the next picture. I mean, okay, I'm going to describe. So the first picture is a little boy leaning forward, looking up. The picture's taken from above and he's smiling. He's got his little, it's adorable, Dan. There's a. He has a tiny little blue table with a little chair and a little blue tablet that you have balanced up on a, on some, on a box. And then he's got his little cup of pencils and, you know, his little folders and he's got a little dinosaur cup full of milk or juice. And he just looks so happy. Then the second photo is taken from the side and it shows a child leaning back, kind of rearing back arms folded across his chest, squinting as if he cannot like understand or comprehend what is happening in his life, just squinting upsettedly at the screen like, oh, this isn't... Like, he's seen the fourth yeah. quarter figures, and they're not great. <laughs> no. So, so it was a pretty... Um, I mean, the pictures said a lot about what had transpired. Yeah. Now, what's wrong and again, with... Yeah, this is not for lack of trying on the teacher's part. It really isn't. You know, we 
I mean, I think I've I had talked about this on this this very podcast. Our original plan. Well, yeah, our original plan was not to enroll him uh, in kindergarten in Illinois. You don't have to. And we were like, this feels like it's going to be disruptive. And how will it even work? And then he got this one teacher who the teenager had when he was in kindergarten. He's this incredible, like once in a lifetime type teacher. So uh, so we went for it. And the teacher is trying. Like you can feel the flop sweat coming off the teacher, like just trying everything. Today, his internet went down, which they're <laughs> they did not have a contingency plan for what happens when the teacher disappears. And there was a point where I was like, maybe he just quit. <laughs> like maybe, well, what does maybe it look like? He just realized that he was done. And uh, yeah, he it took a very long time for him to figure out how to get back on. That was clearly not something they had run through in the very rushed, in the very rushed, let's teach you how to be online teachers class that they kind of forced everyone into. (sighs) Anyway, Maureen, I don't want this to be just me complaining because you know what? Everyone's got this shit. This is like fucking reality for everyone and Mm. certainly i have plenty of friends who when things went virtual in the spring and had younger children they were like this is the worst thing and i was like well at least my kid doesn't have to do that and now (laughs) we're doing that right and it is truly it is truly the worst thing and if you are listening to this and you are on the other end if you are a teacher oh my goodness gracious my heart and thought and everything goes out to you because I know also that for you, this is a far worser thing than for far these worser. kids because you are, you are just, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. <laughs> mm. Oh, one All of right, the best things but- is that the mute button says mute. And then if you hit the mute button, it gets a red line through it. And it never occurred to me that I, if you are a young child and you don't quite understand visual metaphor, does a mute button with a line on it mean that you're muted? <laughs> or does a mute button without a line on it mean that you're muted? And right. so you get a varying, um, you get varying interpretations of that particular visual metaphor throughout the day by various children and their parents. My favorite was a parent yesterday where the it was muted and then they unmuted and then you could hear a dad be like, leave it like that. That's muted. You're muted right now. Okay, you're muted. You just don't. No, no, no. Don't touch that. You're muted. As the teacher's trying valiantly to get through like a 16-page picture book. Okay. Now I want to I want to walk back what I've heard, what you've described. Uh, so you're, so are you done? Is he done his day of kindergarten now? No, he has the afternoon. So Jan, so back when um, when his preschool went away, we split the five year old duty. So I take the morning, and Janice takes the afternoon. So he is now back in afternoon classes. So he goes from nine to three thirty, Maureen. Is there a break in there? There are breaks, you know, mm-hmm. I would say, and and that is great and awesome, but also it's sort of, 
you know, there might be 20 minutes of Zoom call and then 10 minutes of break and then 20 more minutes, you know, so it's like. So you're never not engaged with this. Right. You know, like there's it is always and things are they just sort of end when they end, you know, like there is a schedule. Things start at the right time, but they Mm -hmm. will end whenever they're just sort of over. Right. I will say the only class that has truly worked incredibly well is gym class. (laughs) It is. It's the only thing that works virtually because all the kids have to step away. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher just has them like do things for 15 minutes and you can hear the teacher the whole time. Kids are actually engaged. So I like touch your toes, touch your nose. Yeah, touch your, you know. exactly. All right. All right. Now that's a lot of, um, I just want to talk about what I've heard Dan, because um <laughs> heard a couple things. I've heard uh, that, that there are five-year-olds, 15, 16, five-year-olds on on five hours of Zoom calls a day, which is which is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be on five. Now, now Oscar, no, he has on he I he starts his Zoom meet. His whole day is basically Zoom meetings, from around eight in the morning till between five and six thirty, depending on what's going on. Um, but usually at five at eight eight thirty in the morning, he is talking to someone, and then he has meetings every. Like it's just back to back to back to back. Yeah. And then maybe maybe an hour or two of doing something with charts and graphs and just computer code or something. But um like that's a lot for for an adult. Uh so five yeah. hours of and so you're sitting there the whole time going, No, you're mute, you're un no, it's mute. Yeah. It, no, and oh, then hey, don't just, you wanna say something? Oh, yeah, I know you had your hand up, but he'll maybe he'll call on you next time. <laughs> a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of that, like, oh, wait, right. are you muted? That, that I would say, the A1 thing that you hear constantly, near constantly mm-hmm. on all of these calls is a parent going, are you muted? <laughs> so we're going to point, we're going to have a series of happy faces from the saddest face to a happy face. Dan. I want you to point at the face that represents you right now. Very unhappy face. You're at the unhappy face end? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, one time Janice uh, had to answer a question from a, like, from a doctor or a nurse of, you know, one of those questions of how much pain are you in? Like, one is no pain and 10 is the worst pain you can imagine. And she was like, well, I can imagine really bad pain. Like, I could imagine being eaten by a shark. Is that what 10 is? And I would say, for me, I am at the eaten by a shark level of (laughs) exhaustion Mm. and sadness. (laughs) It's so bad for me. It is so bad. It is... I think the other thing that is really hard right now is I have for the last month and a half, any possible free moment has been spent on a new project that I'm very excited about and that I have been able, I have no free moment now. You know, every moment is either uh, work or kid care. There is no moment anymore for uh, getting 
forward momentum on this thing. And I think that to me, I think that is part of the thing that is very hard is like, oh, not only is there a new chaos engine in our life, but something has feels as if it has been taken away. So that part's hard too. This is, we are in fucking minute 21. We cannot no, make this the entire episode. Dan, Dan. Everyone has stopped listening at this point. No, There's that's not true. There's nobody that is that's like, this is what mm. I want to hear today. Nope. Everyone Dan, is like, I want to hear Dan and Maureen being funny and cracking up because the world's terrible, but they've mm -hmm. got me and they don't want this. They don't want this fucking sad sandwich shit. Mm. But Dan, I think you, I think you misunderstand because we're all here in Sesvivia and you're, you're just, you're up in, okay, so we're all in the, in the town hall, you know, we're having group therapy like we do. And Dan, would you like to, would you like to take the microphone? And then, you know, everybody's listening to and says, I'm Dan Sinker. I would like to tell you about Zoom Kindergarten. Would you, can you imagine 15, uh, five-year-olds trying to figure out mute function while a, a, a sad teacher grinds his way through dragons love tacos and tries to just while you listen to someone do a medical building billing in the background and mistake what mute is. And that's what I'm hearing, Dan. We all understand. Dan, I'm going to tell you. It's not good. Hearing that back. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. I am it's, working on. Yeah. Three yeah. books at once. You. Well, I'm just saying, Dan, that we I'm working three books at once. They're all everything's coming together at the same moment. And I had to do something the other morning where it was very irritating. It was a work thing that was super irritating. Yeah. Uh, but I was I realized that I was working on it and that I was I realized after an hour that I was really happy and I couldn't figure out why. And I was like, oh, I got a, a different thing to do. Like I a different thing to be angry about. So I was yeah. feeling pretty refreshed. I was like, this has been great. So it was, I've really enjoyed this. I could, I could really go for another round of this irritating thing. So, you know, that's something like, are you enjoying zoom kindergarten more than the news? No, because okay. the news doesn't go away. Right. Like no. it, it just, it is, it is the thing that is hardest about this to me is just the pure level of like soul grade exhaustion, right? Mm -hmm. Because I am the parent of a five-year-old. I am always tired, right? Like tired is something that I have dealt with long before the pandemic, let alone you know, since we all retreated indoors, like I, there is never a moment where I am not tired. This is different than tired, right? Like I can function tired, but the like, the level of just like, oh, and who knows, maybe it will get better. I will say in a, in a level of Stockholm syndromes today seemed better than yesterday, which was the go. worst. Right. <laughs> Yesterday was the worst out of three. And today was the best out of four. So okay. maybe we'll get somewhere. But I mean, today also had the teacher's internet entirely go down and the teacher disappeared for 15 minutes. So how we're defining better uh -huh. is, uh, you know, uh, on a sliding scale. 
Now, Dan, when I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I, when I went to kindergarten, I think I have that, um, there wasn't, a, there weren't enough of us going to this, uh, my particular school in the area to merit a bus. So they got a cab company to take us. <laughs> I think I've told you this, right? Like, so they, cause no. I've told you many stories about my, my various buses and my drivers wanting massages and ripping out my seat and us getting into crashes and things. So like I've told you about my buses. Yeah. In kindergarten. We took a cab every day and it was a style in seventies cab. That was a station wagon. And it was a station wagon driven by a hell's angel because mm -hmm. the local cab company was next to this, this bar in a, in the town and all of the drivers oh, were Perfect. from the hell's angels. Yeah, sure. So now the first, my mother is a very protective person. And I, when I, when I, you see a picture of me on my first day of kindergarten, I look like a, like a, like a little German child. Like I'm in this little kind of dirndl dress and you know, I've got, I'm like <laughs> got my lunchbox and I'm, I'm very precisely dressed. And my mother puts out in the front porch and this, this station wagon driven by a hell's angel pulls up <laughs> and uh. as it turns out the concern should not have been the hell's angel because apparently he was great and super protective of us and she was like i'll tell you what no one was gonna mess with any of you kids because you had a hell's angels driving you to school <laughs> like like we were he was super nice with to kids and he was really like no, like we were very safe. He probably had a knife on his shin. So the thing was that there was a girl named Danielle and she was in third, fourth grade and she was mean to little kids. And she would, and there was another kindergartner in the car with me and she would torment us. And I went from being super excited to go to kindergarten to my mom chasing me chasing me around the front porch because I didn't want to get in the cab because I was scared of Danielle. So my mother said, listen, you get in that cab every day for two weeks. We'll get you a cat. I always oh. wanted a cat. Oh, I read no. books about cats. I drew pictures of cats. I loved cats. Never had, we had a dog, never had a cat. And I said, challenge accepted. She <laughs> said, every day for two weeks, you put your chin out and you march to that cab, like, like you were just like, oh, I'm getting in this goddamn cab. And I got in that cab and I stared Danielle down like, you fuck with me? You fuck with me? You talking to me like taxi driver? <laughs> Literally like taxi driver, like, like getting all Travis Bickle next to my Hell's Angel, right? I got a cat. Now, next year we get a little bus. Danielle on the bus. Danielle, still picking on the little kids. I have a giant lunchbox. Big old how to do the lunchbox. Real heavy lunchbox. Giant fucking lunchbox. I'll find a picture of me with the giant lunchbox. We have it. She just would not stop. I was a fairly mild child. But actually, this was in kindergarten. I think this happened in the cab. Yeah, this happened in the cab. And she wouldn't stop picking on us. So I did what I had to do. I hit her over the head with a lunchbox from behind. And yeah. I just, I just clocked her. I just couldn't, I guess. So we got to school now. And this to yeah. contextualize because yeah. lunchboxes now are like 
soft. Yeah. This was like a 19, 70s, 80s metal lunchbox. It was plastic, but it would have been like being okay. hit over the head with a hotel safe. Like it was, yeah. this thing is huge. It was like as half as big as my leg. I mean, when yeah. you see the pictures, it's giant. <laughs> giant hard side lunchbox with a big old thermos in it. Also, <laughs> my mother used to put my shoes in my lunchbox because I had to wear like different shoes. Like it was a whole thing. People were like, what are you using shoes for lunch? And I was like, why don't you get a second fucking joke, motherfucker? So what what was I, in your thermos? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, for the life of me, I know I had a thermos, but what the fuck was in it? I have no clue now. Yeah, I knew there were soup kids for sure. I was not. I still barely can tolerate soup. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of soup. But uh, yeah, I don't know what was in my thermos. I do remember it smelling really bad, though. Yeah. But the thing was, Dan, I got to school and the principal was like, she's not in trouble because she's a very mild child. And if she hit that girl in the head, like they knew Daniel was troubled. They're like, she must have felt threatened. Like, yeah, because they knew she was probably. But there was a wrinkle, Dan. See, Danielle had been in a car accident when she was smaller and had brain surgery. So I hit someone over the head with a giant lunchbox who had had brain surgery. She was fine. Don't worry about it. But what the- let's just say Danielle didn't fuck with us ever again. <laughs> or anyone. I clocked her on the brain oh, God. with a howdy do the lunchbox. And Dan, that's my story, I think, for today is that when I think back, but my school transportation situation was really like from beginning to end, there was a story to tell. I um, it really you have a remarkably <laughs> consistent level of yeah. story. Yeah. About being transported to school. Yeah. I don't know if I have ever heard a as <laughs> consistent a collection of memories of school transportation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had the cab with the Hells Angels then we got the bus and then we got because when we got the bus, they used to drive us over a bridge to New Jersey to take kids to this other school because it was pretty close. And we stalled in the middle of the bridge. And that was like one thing. And then I had. Uh, back rub crash though and yeah. then i had the guy used to take us to mcdonald's every morning because he was hitting on the the woman behind the counter and then we had the guy when i was in high school who kept on hitting on me and then when he found out that i said something and a teacher overheard it and he got reprimanded but not fired and it just like someone was like hey don't do that anymore he repped out my seat so i'm just saying yeah there it was a consistent pattern of weirdness um, it's it is remarkable yeah. I don't think yeah. there is anyone that could you could fill an entire book like you could fill an entire memoir of exclusively transportation to school stories. Well, I am working on a I, my one of my plans is a, a book of like essay, like, you know, like a like funny essays, but that are real. And one of the chapters is going to be dedicated to how I got to school. Yeah, it's part of the plan. You, it could be the whole book. That, if you want to read that, says Huvia, you know, just let me know because it's in the it's in the plans. Um, but it's uh, Dan. What I'm saying is, you know, we have our moments, and sure, maybe you're chasing your kid around the. I I know you're not. Maybe it's the it's the Hell's Angel 
behind the wheel, or the girl with the soft skull picking on the child <laughs> until she clubs her over the head with something the size of a hotel safe. But Dan, <laughs> I also was a little grifter. Um, I kept forgetting my um, show and tell project. Yeah. Because uh, we had show and tell in kindergarten. And so um, I remember vividly really getting like lining up to get ready to school. And someone's like, it's show and tell day. And I'm four years old going, oh, fuck. It's show and tell day. Uh, I better think of something fast. So one day I grabbed a stick, like literally ripped it off the tree next to where we were lining up. And yeah. I was like, all right. All right, think fast, think fast more. And I went in and I was like, this is a snake stick. And <laughs> it's all bent because baby snakes use it to learn to crawl. And that's what bends it around. Wow. And yeah. I remember this vividly because my teacher was like, all right, points to you for, for making that <laughs> shit up on the fly. And then you had to walk around and show it to everyone. But one time I really got fucked over because I didn't realize it was, it was, um, uh, show and tell until show and tell until the chairs were in the circle, Dan, and the shit was hitting the fan. And I was, uh oh, uh, uh oh, I got nothing. I didn't bring my kiss dolls in or anything like that. Like the, like the boys always had kids kiss dolls and Star Wars clusters. I didn't have any of that shit. I was like, what am I gonna do? So you know what I did, Dan? I showed everyone my arm and I told them how it worked, and then and all the stuff I did with it. And then I walked around the circle and I showed everyone my arm and I can remember just showing it off. Like, here's my arm. And to this day, I feel like I'm still a kid in kindergarten, occasionally getting a snake stick or showing everyone my arm. <laughs> just saying, Dan. That's ingenuity right there. That's, what, that's little, resilience. Look at that's you. Little grifter kid. Yeah. Doesn't have her shit together. <laughs> It somehow covers it. That's me. Thinking about grifting kids. This wasn't a grift. This was truly one of the most remarkable things I have ever witnessed was in middle school. There was a kid who would sell candy and he would stop uh, at a corner store just like a couple blocks from middle school on his way to school. And he would mm -hmm. buy like now and laters and and that kind of thing that you could buy, you know, buy the piece for pennies. Um, and then he'd sell them for like 50 cents or whatever. And that dude would fucking make, and I often think about him now. Like now he is a 40 something year old man. And I hope he is, I hope he took that candy money and just launched an empire. Cause That's that was, grift. that was some fucking smart thinking Never, as far as I know, he never got in trouble for it. Like he did it, he, he did, did it in a way that was not disruptive. He not filled a, he filled a need for candy. Probably was against the rules of school by a number of different levels. But um, man, that was great. Harold Banks, my hat is still off to you. And then that leads us seamlessly into the news because our nation is about grifters. You know, we're in the big grift. Yeah, let's get into it. The big grift. And uh, yeah. I just, I see what you have in the notes, Dan, and I reject it. And yeah. in place, I want to talk about the fact that um, what's what's been the buzz, the internet buzz, the last uh, 24 hours or so is Trump's mysterious trip to Walter Reed. Yeah. Back in November. 
back in November. If you can remember back there was to the before times. Yeah. Where he took a surprise mid-afternoon trip to Walter Reed Medical Center, which they then sure. explained was simply to get a jump on his physical for nope. 2020, Just even though it. it was November of 2019. That's right. Like we all do. We get, get part uh, of it done. Get part of it done on no notice uh, six months before it's time. And yeah. that's normal. And of course, everyone's like, well, that's some shady shit. And we're finding more and more about how shady this shit is um, with another uh, terrible report from another one of these terrible motherfuckers with a book. And uh, it's uh, reported that the scuttlebutt inside the White House or what was going on inside the White House is that they were told to get uh, Mike Pence out of storage and boot him up and um, have him on standby in case uh, the president was went under anesthesia, which is not something that happens during a physical. I'm not a doctor, no. Dan. I'm not, not a doctor. Yeah. I just want to say no. that. But you've had a physical before. I've had a physical. I had one recently. Yeah. Even I a strenuous not, physical does not involve... They don't put you under Okay, anesthesia. now count backwards from 10, and then you, suddenly you wake up in another room. Dan, I've, I've been under anesthesia a couple times, and I want to tell you about two of them. Go fast. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure. Again, I feel like I repeat all my stories now. So you just stop. Right. You just stop me. I thought I told you about the Hell's Angel that drove the cab. I um, definitely never got the cab story. Oh. All right. By the way, um, uh, text from upstairs. Janice, the teacher is frozen out of Zoom again. <laughs> going great. <laughs> How long are you going to give Zoom kindergarten? So we went on a walk on the weekend, <laughs> me and Janice. But it doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound great. Uh, and we both agreed that this did not have to be a forever decision. And we decided that we would give it a month. But I don't know that we'll give it a month. <laughs> uh, well. That's the seat. Don't tell anyone. Okay. But I don't know if we're going to make it a month. Just don't. In a month, it'll be October 1st, and we'll be a month away from the election. So that's something to think about. That's a fun Perfect. goal. That's that a fun, fun goal, Dan. It's a good time. And when I, the first time I woke up from anesthesia that I remember, I've only had a couple times, was when I had my wisdom teeth out. And I woke up to hear my doctor talking to my mother in the recovery room saying that he had purchased a pipe organ from Vienna and had it installed in his house. And I was, the man's like, so I brought this, I bought this Viennese pipe organ. And so I have this vision because you're, you're coming out and you do not know what's real. And I yeah. just have this vision of like Dracula kind of like, Rawr! this <laughs> man like rising out of the floor playing, playing his, uh, his Viennese pipe organ, but that was not the strangest one because when I had my one of my surgeries that I had a couple of years ago, I came out of the anesthesia. They were having trouble waking me up uh, because I'd accidentally been uh, double drugged. <laughs> it's a whole story oh, then, but perfect. They, yeah, it didn't go too well because they gave me two doses of something uh, an hour apart, and it took twelve hours to wake me up. 
And I kept waking up and going back to sleep and waking up in different rooms because they couldn't mm-hmm. wake me up. So they, had, they keep moving me around the hospital. And I would grab my mother or Oscar every time I woke up, like I was in the movie Memento, like, what's happening? And then I would kind <laughs> of let them go and wake up in another room. But I heard my surgeon, my doctor, standing at the foot of my bed saying, so I have 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York. And I was like, what is happening? And so, yes, he was explaining how he was very tired and he had 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York. (laughs) So I came to enough that I grabbed him by the sleeve and said, did you say you had 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York? And he said, yes, I'm a beekeeper and I, I collect honey, like a very special kind of honey. That costs like $50 a jar, I guess like Manuka honey or something like that. But so he does have 80,000 bees. I confirmed it later when I went to an appointment. I said, you have 80,000 bees. And he said, how did you know? I said, ah, you thought I was asleep. You thought you had me, you drugged me that I didn't know about the bees. But I did know about the bees. I got you. Because it sounds like a kidnapping. I have 80,000 bees in a, in a house in upstate New York. And if you ever want to see them again. So anyway, my doctor kidnapped 80,000 bees. Keeps them in a house upstate. Dan, how are you feeling? I feel tired. But I feel, I do feel better. Yeah. I think one of the things that is hard, and, and this is one of those lessons I feel like we all keep learning during this time is uh, we are there are many things happening during this kind of extended pandemic period that are shared experiences but we are experiencing them all alone at the same time right like it is i think that is a very difficult thing whether it is the struggle of school, whether it is the loss of a loved one, whether it is, you know, the loss of a job or, you know, like there are all of these things that we are having to face alone that traditionally we would face collectively, you know, either in a very large collective or within a, a, a collective outside of the confines of our own walls. And I think that that is, that is one of the things that is very difficult right now is just like, oh, we are experiencing, you know, Janice and I are experiencing all of this school shit as just a duo, right? There is not a larger family group. You know, if your kid starts kindergarten normally, you are standing outside, you are talking with fairly random parents outside the schoolyard, um, and concerns are voiced among the group if things are going weird, right? Um we don't have that now. Like all we have is just like, oh my god, this is literally the worst. Like it's just fucking worst. It is so bad. Oh, it is so bad. But I, you know, Dan, um, I'm not sure if I'm uh, if I'm gonna put money on a month. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, the the thing is, I, I feel like I can convince myself of a lot. And one of those things is, well, I think it'll get better. It's got to get better. 
Mm. You know, today was better because yeah, yeah. the teacher was better at muting everyone all the time, right? Sure. Like, uh, but I don't know that. And that's, that's what education is, Dan. Right. Just muting muting children yeah. until till there's yeah. nothing. Till there's exactly. no <laughs> Exactly. Education is shouting into a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. That's how I broke my arm as a child, Dan. Shouting into a vacuum? Yes. Oh, no. Correct. That's exactly how it happened. Oh, oh no. See, Dan, when I was, I'm pulling out all my, all my stories. Dan, I'm, again, I'm sure I told you this, but the first time I broke my arm as a child. Maureen, it's been four years. We've told each other fucking everything at this point. Yeah. So the, it says Whovians are like, we know this, Maureen. Don't, don't do this. Don't do it's this, it. Maureen. You've hit the loop, says Whovians. <laughs> Yes, this is, this is where the tape splice happened and it all just plays out again. But, you know, I can tell this story. You know what? It was because of my family's love of Tony Orlando and Don. There was uh, their dulcet tones of Tony Orlando and Don were a trio of like a lounge singer kind of guy and his and his two backup singers, Don, who were who were great. And um, they sang the song Tie Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree, which my parents played over and over again, and I got whipped into such a frenzy by it one day. Such a frenzy by the song By Tie a Yellow, Ribbon. Yellow Ribbon Round the Old yes. Oak Tree? I was four, Dan. Same wow. period. Same period that I, my grandmother had one of those canister vacuum cleaners. Okay. Yeah. And, and it was in the living room, and they were in the middle of doing it, and they'd left it. It was just left there. And I picked it up, and I picked the end up the, of the tube up like it was a microphone. And I oh, was sure. singing that song into it, just running and loops around the vacuum cleaner, like, tell you, get a ribbon, running your tree, like you do when you're a child. And uh, I tripped and fell and broke my arm. <laughs> that song isn't even particularly rambunctious. No, but I was four. Yeah, I guess you can so. make anything rambunctious when you're four. Speaking of which, can I? This is a the the moment of levity and enjoyment that we have had around our house lately. Uh, so the main activity that uh, we did in place of school for the five year old was to do these deep dives into animals where uh, Janice and, and the the little kid would choose a slate of animals for a week. And in the afternoon, they do sort of research and watch videos and live cams of animals if they're there. And in the morning, we do a, a drawing of each animal. and We do these weekly posters, of which we are now on the 15th, 15 weeks. Mm. Um, and that has mostly turned into the study of birds at this point. Occasionally we do a week of non-birds, but it always comes back to birds because the, the five-year-old has become very, very interested in birds. We also have invested, we've, we now have five bird feeders, Maureen, and we just added a bird bath into our tiny yard as well. Nice. So, um, so there's a lot of bird action going on. And somehow Janice and the five-year-old found that uh, National Geographic released a series of YouTube videos, only half, 26 YouTube videos, that were uh, songs, rap songs, no less, about the 50 states as narrated by the official bird of each state. And uh, 
So there has been a lot of 50 birds, 50 states is what it's called, uh, being viewed around our house. And the, the five-year-old feels it. And oh. uh, very specifically, they try to, when there is a some level of musical association with the state, they adapt the song, which is a very like, do you remember um, when Fred Flintstone rapped for the uh, Fruity Pebbles cereal? Like, mm. I'm Fred and I'm here to say something, something, something in a certain way. You know, like just that really bad, like basic Super Bowl shuffle style rap. Um, it's a mixture of that. And clearly this was done once Hamilton started because there is also a lot of like sort of Lin-Manuel extra syllable rap going on as well, uh, but clunky. Um, but then they will adapt the song to states that have a distinctive musical style. For instance, California is very well done uh, in that they have adapted sort of a Dr. Dre style musical uh, production behind it. So like, that's like, kind of sounds that you hear in, um, in all of that early um, Dre stuff. And, uh, but Washington, which is the five-year-old's favorite, has decided to adopt a Nirvana Pearl Jamish sound. And so the singer of the bird, the bird, he sings like this. And uh, and now the uh, that is much more Pearl Jammy. I will, the the music <laughs> is Nirvana e. The voice, the vocal is a hundred percent Eddie Vedder, right? <laughs> and uh, so now. There's a lot of five-year-old walking around because the chorus is like, fly with me, fly with me. And he does exactly that with his voice. And it is adorable. He really feels it. If we had a canister vac, we might run into a broken arm problem because he really feels that. We probably watched the Washington State 50 Birds, 50 States video a dozen times a day now. There you go. Yeah, that's not his school. That's shit no. we're doing to survive it. Okay. But at least we have that. Fly with me. Fly with me. And then you break your arm. Uh, you usually ask this question, but Maureen, but was this good? Mm. <laughs> I don't think this was a good episode. You know, I don't think we should think in terms of good or bad. We don't need to be in that okay. binary, Dan. Do we? We don't All need right. to be. No, we well, don't. Great. We just mentioned briefly that there's yeah. speculation on what happened to Trump at Walter. Oh, right. We the, missed that. And the speculation is that he had a bunch of mini strokes. Well, That's so the, the thing that is interesting part. to me is that the speculation yesterday and now granted the, the major caveat needs to be made that I am able to follow one eighth of news at this point um, right. in, in my current brain. But yesterday it was that this New York Times reporter uh, who has a book coming out and somehow has saved for the book the information that Pence was at the ready for an undisclosed medical reason. And then I saw nothing until Trump himself tweeted today basically saying there's a rumor that I had a bunch of mini strokes and that's false. And I thought that is a one hell of a way 
to change from something happened to wait, he did he just say mini strokes? Let's just uh to be clear, hold on, I'm just gonna doesn't my keyboard make a good sound? Sounds I like love I'm, your I'm keyboard. Here. I'm so jealous of your keyboard. So getting the files and I'm like, yes, all right. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Just putting the information. I like to type and pretend that I'm entering data. Um, so I'm just looking for the, he's going to Wisconsin. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. This is what he tweeted. He was doing a lot of tweeting. He's really been on a go recently. He's oh, been he's been nonstop. on a real go. Yeah. Uh, here it is. It never ends. Now they are trying to say that your favorite president, me, went to Walter Reed Medical Center having suffered a series of mini strokes. Never happened to this candidate. Fake news. Perhaps they are referring to another candidate from another party. Hmm. So it's Probably. so much weirder. But because the weirdest thing to me work. is that he's denying a thing that is not being widely reported. Right. Feels like... Like if I do a Google search for mini strokes now, all of the coverage is about him saying he didn't have mini strokes. Mm -hmm. Also, what if it wasn't mini? So that is a very specific definition of a thing if you are referring to it as a mini stroke. Oh. Yes. Yes. Um, so he... he I mean, stroke has been the main speculation throughout this. Throughout the yeah. last couple of months. You know, given his uh, physical presence, the way he's moving and walking, holding cups, uh, speaking, there's a lot of speculation that there's, a, there's something going on. Uh, and he's definitely getting wackier. And I don't yeah. mean to conflate that uh, any medical... That uh, stroke makes you quote unquote wacky. I am um, just attributing, make it just him, just just him. Uh, I'm looking yeah. for a word to describe just him, and I'm using the word wacky because I don't. There's not a lot of good words <laughs> for, for for his level of scattered behavior. Yeah. Um. So something's going on, and I can only assume Dan that it's going to get spicier. Uh, as we get into these last eight, nine weeks, four of which, you know, may or may not be spent in Zoom kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is real spicy already. Did you ever read, did you ever read Slouching Towards Bethlehem by Joan Didion? That is vaguely familiar. But refresh me. Well, there's a very specific reason I ask because there is the essay called Slouching Towards Bethlehem. Is It's written, he, she's in uh, the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco in the summer of love, 1967. And she's interviewing and profiling uh, kids, young people that live uh, in the Haight and take a lot of acid uh, and what their communities and like what their kind of daily life is like. Yeah. And the very end bit of this there's a, they have a, there's a couple that she's, that are a big part of this profile and they have a child who's four or five. And this child goes to something called high kindergarten where they give her, like they give the kids acid 
and they call it high kindergarten. Whoa. And um, they just sit there. And so this child is sitting there on the lying on the floor wearing white lipstick coloring and a coloring book on acid. And so the phrase high kindergarten sticks in your head after you read this essay. And whenever you talk about Zoom kindergarten, my brain just fuses the high kindergarten and the Zoom kindergarten together. And it's, but it's the child is on Zoom, but you are maybe on acid and it's not great. And you're like, oh, God, never mute, not mute. And your beard is like reaching up and punching you in the face like in a cartoon. It's and not inaccurate. It's not not what's happening. It's not an inaccurate assessment of the situation. And think of how what I would how, say. Think of how great it's going to be when we're at Disneyland together or at Disney World together. Think about it. I know. The day is coming. You think about it. The day it. is coming. Yeah. It was just our friend Akila Hughes's birthday on Monday. And uh, yeah. I sent her a picture of when me and her were at Disneyland just a month before everything shut down. The last right. good day. Man, it was fun. That's a good essay. Don't write that. That you write it. It's in your series of sad, sad essays for Esquire. <laughs> the last good day. It's a good title. It is. Really was. It was such a good day. I want you to write a, you know what I want? Turn this into something valuable, Dan. Write a day to day couple line account of Zoom kindergarten and make that an article. Oh, God. Like the Santaland Diaries. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. This episode of Says Who was made possible by you through and your Zoom support kindergarten of our Patreon. At patreon.com slash says who that is where every single Sunday you get an episode of says who this Sunday we recorded it last Sunday and it's all about zoom kindergarten. So, Hey, double bonus episode. Look, it's it's Dan's you. life right now. Uh, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email at Hey, that is H-E-Y at says who podcast.com. You know that uh, I just got the renewal notice for that domain name, Maureen. Always reminds me that that is how quick that is how close so we launched, I think, on September 18th. And it was like September 1st is when we bought the domain. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard and it is filled with teachers supporting each other, parents supporting each other. Uh, it is a very helpful place. If you need a group to commiserate with, most likely someone is needing some miserating and you can do so with them. Spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, September 9th, for our next episode, where we will answer the question, is the five-year-old still in kindergarten? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, no. Oh, no. Who knows? And everybody, please, if you're on Twitter, check in on Dan. <laughs> He's at Dan Sinker. Uh, <laughs> just make sure. Just, just check in with It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Can I, my can I offer a, a little tip? Just a little fun tip apropos sure. of nothing. 
you guys. Acid. No, we're not going to high kindergarten. <laughs> I think you should all be making more cold brew iced tea. Oh, that sounds good. It's real easy. I was brewing my iced tea this whole time, and then I read an article about cold brewing it, and Dan, it's really changed my summer. Don't you got to put it out in the sun? Nope. You just throw the, say, say you want normal iced tea, a couple Lipton tea bags, just throw about six to eight of them in your pitcher, cold water, stick it in the fridge. That's all you got to do. Whoa. Leave it leave it eight to 12 hours. Just put it in mm. in the evening. By, the, in, by morning, you add your lemon, your little bit of sugar. Okay, you make a little... Little simple syrup, just some hot water, just dissolve the sugar, dump it in, stir it, you're done. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. I, I make beautiful concoctions. What I do, Dan, is I buy random assortments of herbal tea bags, like red zinger and peach and hibiscus and whatever, and I just throw them in a big plastic container all together unmarked. And every time I want to make a new pitcher of herbal iced tea, I just grab about six or eight of those, depending on the strength. Throw those mm -hmm. in there. That way you get a different flavor combination. Every it's delicious. So fun. Think of the fun you can have. That's my that Sensu cooking tip for the day. See, that's nice, isn't it? That is. That is. I, Look at I'm that. I'm just trying to trying to get your mind off it, Dan. I like it. I like it. From my basement in Chicago. I'm Dan Sinker. And from a from while while I'm on the internet and perhaps of the internet. And what is the internet but us? And all of us, inter and net. And net, what is a net? But a thing that catches you when you fall and bounces you back up again and lifts you. And also you can plunge into the sea with it and maybe catch a fish. Uh, it's a catch, it's a catch. It's a, it's a, it's a safety. It's a, it's inter, let's call it the inter-safety. From the inter-safety, of Zoom, it's not kindergarten we're in, but in a way, aren't we all playing and learning together? From that place, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Dan. That, that made me laugh. Yeah, because you're going to be making uh, three podcasts a week in a couple weeks, so yep. laugh all you want, monkey boy. <laughs> <laughs> you've made a series of poor decisions uh every decision every is decision that? is a poor decision <laughs>